Hi, and welcome to La Vie Attaché. Change your thoughts, change your life. I'm Peggy McKnight, and I'm continuing with the communication series. Today, I will be talking about how to run a meeting. So if you are a responsible person for running meetings, you're in charge, basically. There are some right ways and many wrong ways to do it. When you get it right, you will motivate others to participate in a meeting. You will also get them excited about attending your meetings. If you don't get them excited by it, they won't dread it. Does that make sense? If you don't get excited by the meeting, then they won't dread them. So they're looking forward to them, right? The first attribute of a good meeting is one that should be considered the golden rule of meetings. Listen up. Don't go over the time you advertised. And also I would add, start on the time that you have said you will start. It's a big party foul and it starts to turn people off if you saunter in five or 10 minutes after the meeting was published to start. So if it was meant to start at 10 a.m., you start at 10 a.m. You show up. You want to schedule your meetings to be no more than one hour unless there is an extenuating circumstance. If your company lost sales to a competitor, for example, you want to explore the reasons why this can be considered one of those circumstances. However, you should still limit the amount of time and advertise the meeting duration beforehand. So if they lost a big sale that really could make or break the business, for example, you really do want to have the time run over if necessary. Get a feel for where the, th- the, the whole mood of the, the attendees are going. If they're asking lots of pertinent questions that you have answers for, then by all means, carry on and extend it. But if you then start to feel, oh, this is getting to be a bit personal, like, will I lose my job? And you haven't consulted with HR or need to, then you can say to the attendees, let's park this for now. You know, write to me or come to me direct one-on-one with your questions. I'll, you know, gather them together and I'll find out for you. And again, if you are asked a lot of questions you do not have answers for, write them down and get back to those individuals. That really does speak volumes. The next attribute of a good meeting is to motivate the people to engage. If they're just sitting there listening to you droning on and you like the sound of your voice, people are gonna turn off. They'll be like, oh, not again. And if some people are really keen and motivated, especially the new ones who don't know you, are wanting to ask questions to become engaged, and then you say things in such a way that gives them the message, don't you dare talk, I'm the one talking, I like the sound of my voice, you just shut up there and listen, then that's going to turn off the new ones as well. And you will lose everyone if you haven't lost everyone already in the process. If you're doing all the talking, especially for an hour or longer, you can be sure that most of the attendees will get bored. They'll start fiddling with their pens, they'll start doodling, they'll do anything and everything to get their mind off of you droning on for the whole hour or longer. They'll not remember what you said, and many of them will try to sneak some text in while talking to you, which 
again, is the utter height of rudeness. If you're in a meeting, turn your flipping phone off. Give the person, even though they like the sound of their voice, you at least have one hour of giving them your undivided attention so they can finish what they need to say and you can move on. A better approach is to allocate time for each person to speak. That makes for a better meeting. It gets them engaged, it gets them thinking, and they better listen as well. Let them know about this ahead of time. Don't just spring it on them. You are the moderator and must stick to the schedule. If someone is going beyond the time, politely let them know. They may ask for more time. Remind them that you want to keep the meeting under the allocated time. And it's always nice to have someone who is a timekeeper as well, just so you can be aware of it. And it also engages them into the meeting and not just you controlling everything. Create action items. Meetings should be used to align everyone's understanding of a situation or project. If the attendees come out with a list of actions they need to complete, they are, there won't be any misunderstandings about the purpose or reason of the meeting. They'll actually feel like, wow, I've actually got something that I can do. You know, people want to help. They want, you know, to actually work on something so they can feel a sense of achievement and pride in their work as well. And you trust them enough being the moderator to delegate to them an action item that will really bring them in and you will have their buy-in with that particular project as well. Confirm via email the minutes of the meeting. It's best to have someone who served as the writer of the minutes, preferably someone who's actually listening. I've been in several meetings where I've delegated minutes taking to someone and they've sent me a draft of it and I'm looking at it thinking, were we in the same meeting? I did not say those things. Where are you coming from? So, you know, being a good listener in order to take minutes is really key. You should assign someone before the meeting and don't assume someone else to, that took notes. We also have with technology today, there is an absolutely fantastic tool you really must try. It is OneNote that you can use from um, a tablet or an iPad. You turn it on and you can also record the meeting. And as you're making notes, when you go back to those notes, the recording will jump directly to that point that you were referring to that topic in the meeting. It's pretty powerful, my friends. I absolutely love it. One note, go check it out. That's a really good piece of kit to have in your toolbox. Even when people who took notes won't necessarily write about everything discussed, right? So going back to, were you at the same meeting that I was at? They might not get into the minutia of it, or there might be other people who do get into the minutia. But make the process formal by assigning someone the task. And if they have really missed the mark and you ask them, you know, that's not you know what was discussed at the meeting here's some of my corrections it will enable them to help them learn and grow on minute taking as well because maybe they're just not good at it or have never done it before especially those who've never done it before you know it's a good opportunity for them to learn and develop their listening skills and also 
the, the art of providing a set of minutes after a meeting and especially getting those key action points noted down somewhere as a formal record um, of what you will do next time right? So you can at least review something when you go into the following meetings in the future. Now, arguments, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but arguments and heated discussions can happen during meetings. As the moderator, make sure people don't shout and curse. It's okay for arguments to occur if they're civil and don't get personal. That's the key. As soon as they get personal, you really start to rub people up the wrong way. And it's your job to ensure that they stay that way. So make sure that everyone understands that it's not personal, meaning we're not going to personally attack someone or personally humiliate them in front of an audience. That is your job as the moderator to make sure that that does not happen. And if you hear somebody say that, you quickly step in and try and diffuse the situation because it really will get out of hand and there will be a lot of bad blood in the office, especially between the two, the accuser and the accusee. There, it just does not work for a very good positive working relationship going forward. If a discussion gets out of hand, take over the discussion and give people time to calm down. But on the flip side of that, if someone has directly blurted out something, say for example, they highlight a mistake and you're in a a meeting with 20 other people that are your peers in your department and they have highlighted a mistake in front of everyone, you know that that is not on. it is not the time or the place to be mentioning mistakes that don't happen, especially if the person accusing the individual of making a mistake and then glosses it over of, you know, saying, oh, it's it's not a big deal, but I just wanted to mention, no, that's not on. That's not being very courteous, respectful, or diplomatic. That individual really does have a problem. No matter how much they gloss it over or try to sweeten it up, they're stabbing you right in the chest as far as I'm concerned. Bit of tough love here, people, but that individual really does need to take a look at themselves before they start, you know, throwing arrows at other people to make themselves look good and other people look bad, especially in front of an audience. That is just not on in my book. Um, It's just not respectful, like I've said, and it doesn't bode well for positive working relationships in future because I can tell you nine times out of ten the individual on the receiving end is going to remember that and come out for you know making a mockery of them in future or they just don't want to work with them and they'll shut down either way it really destroys working relationships when someone wants to pull games like that so I would, you know, certainly take a look at either pulling that individual aside to say, you know, you highlighted something really personal in front of the group. Don't do that again. But I would do that one on one after the meeting is finished. I would tell them off because make it very crystal clear that that type of behavior is really unacceptable because it does really bode for bad blood. And ultimately, the person on the receiving end is caught off guard. It's come out of left field thinking, 
WTF? Where did this one come from? What do I do? Um, and they might be, you know, stunned deer in headlights and not decide to rise. No, not rise, but stoop to their level. They decide to rise up and just, you know, not say anything to address it. Um, but guaranteed they will not forget what that individual has done to them or said about them with an audience. And ultimately, it really does destroy working relationships quite quickly that way. And ultimately, it speaks volumes about the individual who cannot come to a person one-on-one -on -one directly and say, hey, you know, you've been doing this um, a few times. I wonder if, is everything okay? Rather than having an audience to go, aha, I caught you. It's just not on people. It really isn't. And it's your job as the moderator to catch that out, pull that person aside who has you know, said, thrown some shade somebody's way and really reprimand them. But that's after the meeting, not during the meeting. Because ultimately, you really want to diffuse any of those type of situations uh, going in meetings. So there we go. That's my take on how to run a meeting. And if you've got yourself going on time, finishing on time, you've got minutes, there's two mindsets of, of, of thoughts with my uh, minutes. Do you deliver them straight after the meeting? Ideally, yes, absolutely. But I would say no more than within 24 hours, make sure that all of the minutes of the meeting are sent out to everyone within a 24 hour period. If you leave it in longer. It shows that you don't really care about the meeting. You're just going through the motions. You just love the sound of your voice more than you care about the minutes or any action points that you've set up for anyone. So make sure that you've sent them out within no later than 24 hours after a meeting and you really can't go wrong. So there we go, my friends. That's how to run a meeting. Until tomorrow, bye for now.